In this episode, diving into the wealth of information on Sotheby's auction page set up for the recent Ansel Adams auction. Hey everybody, Keith Dotson here, and welcome back to another episode of the Fine Art Photography Podcast. In December 2020, I talked about a previous auction of Ansel Adams photographs from the collection of Texas oil tycoon David Arrington. Well, believe it or not, there was another huge auction this week, February of 2022, again from Arrington's collection. The highlight of the sale was a print of Moonrise Hernandez, New Mexico, shot in 1941. Now, this is an iconic photograph, as you probably know. Even Adams was surprised how popular it became over the years, but the printing has also transformed over the years. Early prints feature more gray and less blacks in the evening sky. That means there's more cloud detail and more mid-grays than the dark skies of the later prints. In this episode, I'll talk a little bit about the auction, but mostly I want to talk about the wealth of information that you can learn from visiting the auction page. Sotheby's in particular provides a huge amount of information online that's fascinating to photography nerds like me. Even people who have no financial capacity or interest in participating in an auction for major prints can still find value in visiting the auction page. But let's talk about the numbers real quick. I was surprised to see what the photograph sold for. In the previous auction, Adams set an all-time high auction price for his work. This time, many of the prints went for a surprisingly low price. The big winners on the day were Moonrise, which sold for $100,800, and Ansel Adams' famous photo of the Snake River in the Tetons, which actually set that previous auction high at $988,000. This time, a print of that photo sold for $201,600. I haven't dug into the details to see what the difference might be between the two. Is this a smaller print or whatever? I don't know. But that's a big difference in price for the very same photograph. A large sepia-toned print of Whaler's Cove, Carmel Mission, California, printed in 1955, sold for $119,700. This is a 120-inch print, but as was explained in a Sotheby's reel on Instagram, it's also described on the auction page this way. It says, these very large prints are actually several smaller prints mounted in pieces to look like a seamless single print. There's some touch-up work along the seams to help hide the fact that it's more than one print. A small print of Canyon de Chez National Monument, Arizona. And by small, I mean 7.5 by 9.5 inches or 19.1 by 24.1 centimeters. That sold for $107,100. However, there are quite a few other prints that sold in the $11,000 to $22,000 range. And believe it or not, a handful of prints actually sold for under ten grand. One lot, which was two framed prints of Adam's gravestone photos shot in Concord, Massachusetts, sold as a set for $4,032. That was below the estimate of five dollars to $7,000, and that's in a price range that a mere mortal could afford. And while I'm talking about these cemetery prints, let me read to you some information from the website to give you an idea of the rich details that you can learn. Here I'll read the description, then the condition report, where a lot of fascinating behind-the-scenes stuff can be gleaned, and then I'll read the provenance. Okay, here's the description, quoted verbatim from the Sotheby's page. Selected images, gravestone details, Concord, Massachusetts. Two gelatin silver prints comprising untitled, gravestone detail with bird, and detail, gravestone, Concord, Mass. Each mounted, signed in ink on the mount, the photographer's Carmel Studio stamp, BMFA5, on the reverse, framed circa 1960, probably printed before 1965. The latter accompanied by certificate of provenance, signed by Michael and Jean Adams. 
images, the larger 9 and 7 eighths by 7 and 3 quarters inches, or 25.1 by 19.7 centimeters. Frames, the larger 22 and 3 quarters inches by 18 and a half inches, or 57.8 by 47.9 centimeters. That's an end quote. Now keep in mind, this text's accompanied by images to help potential buyers understand exactly what they're acquiring. So you can see a lot of detail on this page. Okay, now I'll read the condition report. Again, I'm quoting here. Condition report. Please note the colors and shades in the online catalog illustration may vary depending on screen settings. These prints are generally in excellent condition. A few scattered deposits of original retouching are visible when examined in raking light. The mounts are fairly soiled and there is a minor edge and corner wear. Untitled Tombstone Detail Bird. The reverse of the mount cannot be fully examined because it has been flush mounted to another board. BMFA Stamp 5 is visible through a window cut out of the secondary mount. AA-2085 and AA-333 are written in pencil in an unidentified hand. Karen Haas and Rebecca Simpf's book, Ansel Adams in the Lane Collection, publishes the most comprehensive list to date of the studio stamps and labels Adams used throughout his career. Our dating in this print is based upon the author's assessment of the use dates of Stamp 5, about 1962 through 1963. Detail, gravestone, conquered mass, face. The mount is somewhat brighter in a hazy band around the periphery of the image. An overmat is affixed to the upper edge of the mount with a strip of adhesive. On the reverse is minor soiling. In addition to the photographer's Carmel Studio stamp, stamp BMFA6 is titled and dated in ink. There is a Michael and Jean Adams collection stamp, AA-1640 and A-34, are written in an unidentified hand in pencil. The frame measures 20 and 3 quarters by 16 and 7 eighths inches. Karen Haas and Rebecca Simpf's book, Ansel Adams in the Lane Collection, publishes the most comprehensive list to date of the studio stamps and labels Adams used through his career. Our dating of this print is based upon the author's assessment of the use dates of stamps 5 and 6, about 1962 to 1963. And that's an end quote on the condition report. That's followed by a long paragraph of legal language basically saying that these photographs are sold as is. And finally, we get to the provenance, which is the chain of custody of the artwork, describing where it's been shown, what collections of previous owners have possessed it, etc. This helps create value for the artwork by proving that it's important, but also serves to prove its authenticity. The provenance on these two pieces is pretty basic. It says, Detail, Gravestone, Concord Mass, Collection of Virginia Best Adams by Descent to Michael and Jean Adams, 1980s, Acquired from the Above, 2006. So that gives you an idea of what you can learn about every single photograph in the auction. But on the main overview page, there's a terrific video about Ansel and his work. And there's a fascinating slideshow that compares various prints of Moonrise Hernandez, New Mexico over the years. That includes their auction prices for comparison. And in the slideshow, you can see how differently the prints look from each other over time. If you scroll further down on the page, you'll find an interactive map of Yosemite which pops up photographs taken on various locations marked by red dots. Below that is a discussion of his very large prints, like the one I talked about earlier. Sotheby's calls them murals. Further down below that is a brief discussion of the various studio stamps that Adams used over the years. The reason that matters is because Adams wasn't meticulous about keeping records of when he printed what images. He was very meticulous, however, about how he printed the images. He kept a lot of notes in the darkroom. So, through research and documentation of stamps, experts have learned how to date prints based on what uh, style of stamps 
that he used on the reverse mounts. An interesting detail from that section is shows that in this example, Adams mounted the print to a sheet of Crescent brand hot press number 200 illustration board. I used that same illustration board in the early days of my graphic design career. It's a smooth surface art board, mostly used by designers and illustrators. Well, I hope this discussion has helped you understand that if you really want to learn the intimate details about the work of the great photographers, watch auction sites because they can really provide a lot of information that you probably won't find anywhere else. As always, you can find a link to the Sotheby's page in the episode description and on my blog at iCatShadows.com. That's all I've got for this episode. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you again real soon.